Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Sherman Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We're now on Masachat Shabbat Daflamid Amud Bet at the very bottom of the Amud, continuing with the Agadic uh, excursus. A person should be humble uh, like Hillel and not be exacting like Shammai. And we have the following series of stories about interactions with each one of them. A story about two people. They made a bet. Anybody who can upset Hillel will get 400 zoos. So they uh, tried different devices to get him upset. So the day was Friday. Hillel was shampooing or cleaning his hair. This fellow walked in front of the house and said, Is Hillel home? Hillel wrapped himself up in the middle of shampooing his hair and came out to greet this fellow. He called him my son, and he said, what do you want? I have a question. So you would think that it was uh, bothering Hillel in the middle of this would be a very important question. Ask my son, ask. Why do Babylonians have round heads? You would assume at this point Hillel would say, why are you bothering me with such things? Instead he says, you asked a very big question. They don't have midwives who know what they're doing. And as a result of that, when they come out, they come out with their heads misshapen. So the fellow waited for a little while. Returned to his constitutional or his preparations. And the fellow then went out and again said the same thing. Hillal again wrapped himself up, came out to greet him. Same interaction. Why do the uh, people from Tadmor have slanty, uh, slint, squinted eyes? Again, you asked a big question. They live among sand. So their eyes are always squinted. Again, same thing. Again, Hillel came out. So Hillel is showing unbelievable patience here. I'll ask your question. Why do people from Africa have wide legs? Again, it's a big question. They live among swamps. Uh, by the way, in each one of these cases, of course, he's saying that the way that certain groups, uh, their physical characteristics are a result of their uh, circumstances of birth. He said, Hillel, I have lots of questions. I'm afraid you'll get angry. Hillel wrapped himself and sat in front of him. Any questions you have, go on and ask. He said, are you Hillel, the one who's the the prince, the leader of Israel? Yeah, that's me. If that's who you are, there shouldn't be a lot of you. Shouldn't be many of like you. Why do you want the why that's not much of a blessing to say that there shouldn't be many people like me? Because of you, I lost four hundred zoos. Be very careful. It's good. You should lose four hundred zoos as many times as you have to. 
Hillel will never get angry. Okay, and now we have the famous story of the three non-Jews who set out to convert. There was a non-Jew who came to Shammai. She said to Shammai, how many Torot do you people have? We have two. I only I only accept Torah I don't trust you about this Torah Shvichtav. Convert me on condition that I you you will teach me only Torah Shvichtav. Now this fellow we have to assume was uh, some sort of a Roman, and uh, this is at a time certainly that Jews are not in some high position. So it's an interesting thing that this fellow is coming to Shammai and say, convert me. Nonetheless, Shammai ga'arbo votzio ben zifak. Shammai started yelling at him and threw him out. Balifne Hillel, he came to Hillel. Gezgerei, Hillel converted him on that condition. So, yomakam amarle alapet kimuldalit. So now what happened is that Hillel said, you got to learn. So the first day Hillel taught him alapet kimuldalit. He taught him what the letters meant. The next day, he showed him an aleph, called it a dalad, or called it some other letter, and switched them around. And the fellow said, wait a second, yesterday you taught me one thing, now you're teaching me something else. You're relying on me, Hillel said, for your information about Torah Shavichtav, about how to read. So you better rely on me for Torah Shavichtav. Okay. Another non-Jew came to Shammai. This is the most famous of the three stories. He said, teach me, uh, convert me on condition you teach me the entire Torah while I'm standing on one foot. Imagine how insulting this is to a man who spends his entire life studying Torah. So Shammai had a uh, carpenter's measure in his hand. And uh, he chased him out with it. Bali from Hillel, he came to Hillel, Gerei, Hillel converted him. Amarlo, and then he said, while the fellow was standing on one foot, Dalach Sanei, Chavrach Lo Tavid, whatever is hateful to you, don't do to your fellow. Zui Kol Torah Kula, that's the whole Torah. V'irach Perusho, all the rest of the Torah is a commentary on it. Zil Gamor, now you have to go learn the commentary. And so he still has to learn the whole Torah, even though he got the basic message standing on one foot. <laughs> Here we have another non-Jew walked in back of a Beit Midrash. He heard a Sofer probably teaching the children, saying, He heard him describe in Parshat Tzavad the Begadim of a Kohen Gadol. So he asked people around, who gets to wear these clothes? And this is a time when there were Begidei Kuna, and there was a Beit HaMikdash, and there was a Kohen Gadol. Amar, Otono So this Danju said to himself, Elech v'tkayer, I'll go convert, because I'm sure they'll want to make me their Kohen Gadol, so I'll make that part of the condition of conversion. Ba'ali fish Shammai, he came to Shammai, Amar lei, Gavim Manash t'simini Kohen Gadol. Again, he made that condition. Again, he chased him out with his uh, carpenter stick. Ba'ali fish Shammai, Hillel converted him. Amarlo, and then Hillel said to him, we can't make somebody a king unless he knows the protocol. So now we have to learn the protocol. You want to be a coin godel? Go find out what it's about. So he went and read Vayikra, uh, Vamidbar, 
כיוון שהגיע ועזר הקרב יומת, בעיני במדבר he read, if a non, if an outsider comes close, he will die. אמר לו, מקרא זה על מין אמר. He came to Hillel and said, who's that talking about? אמר לו, אפילו על דוד מלך ישראל. Even דוד מלך ישראל, who's not a Kohen, will die if he comes close. נעשה אותו קר קל וחומר עצמו. This קר was also not such a slouch. He made his own קל וחומר. ומה ישראל שלי קורבנים לקום? These Jews are God's children. תוך אבה שאהבם. קרא להם בני וחור ישראל. God called him his firstborn child. בכתיב עליהם, מזר קרב יומן. It still says that if somebody who's not a Kohen comes close, he'll die. Ger ha'kal shabam maklov atamilo, I'm a non-Jew, I converted, I just came with my stick, I don't have any yichas. Halach ha'kam ha'vacham, how much more so am I going to be in trouble if I come close? Ba'alifesh shamar, marlo klum ra'uya ni liot koin gadol, v'alktiv ha'torah zara koev yumat. So he then came back to Shammai and he said, I couldn't have been koin gadol. After all, it says, azara koev yumat. Ba'alifesh hilal marlo an v'tan hilal. He then came to Hillel and says, Hillel, the modest Hillel. Notice how different he was than the first guy with the bet who said, I hope there's not a lot like you here. This fellow blesses Hillel because as a result of you, you brought me close to the Shekhinah. So the three, the one with the, uh, with the Torah Shemir the one with the one last day and one foot, and the one who wanted to be Kohen Gadol all bumped into each other, they met, and they told each other their stories. Shammai's uh, strictness almost kept us out of this world. Hillel's modesty and humility brought us close to the Shekhinah. Okay. What is this odd pasuk in Shayahu that uh, seems to plug together different praises? So he said they're really referring or alluding to the sixth Darim of Mishnah. Emunat zaseidus ra'im. Faith. That's ra'im. A person plants something and trusts that God's going to make it grow. Itacha, your times, zaseidus mo'ed. Okay. Chosen zaseidus nashim. Because women are our security. Yeshuot, salvation, zaseidus nizikin. Chochmat zaseidus kodashim. And dad zaseidus taharot. Afilu hachi. What does it say after all that? Yirat adonai otsaro. God's fear, and the fear of God, is uh, is his treasure house. Meaning, if you have all of that knowledge, it's still not enough unless you have the fear of God. So he says that this pasuk is really not about the sedarim uh, of the Mishnah, but it's about six questions that you're going to be asked when you come to heaven. is, did you do business, trust, were you a trustworthy person in business? Were you honest? Did you set aside time every day to study Torah? Did you engage in populating the world? Did you anticipate salvation? Did you engage in intellectual stimulation and study uh, and learn how to derive one idea from the other? Even if you did all of that, if God's, uh, if you're trust, if your fear of God is your treasure house, then you are accepted, if not, not. It's like a man who says to his agent, He said, go put a whole bunch of wheat up in the loft. He will put it up. Did you put in a little bit of this preservative? 
He said, no. Better if you hadn't put it there. Meaning, to have all of this wisdom, but not to have a strong measure of Yerat Hashem that then informs all of that wisdom and teaches you what to do with it, better not to have it at all. So, which is sort of the background of what, what Rava said, says that when you have a core of, of uh, uh, grain, you have the rights to put in a cob of this preservative, and so therefore, when you sell a core, it's not a full core. You have no problems of being considered a cheater because that's a necessary preservative to keep the wheat. Anybody who has Torah study, studies Torah, but doesn't have fear of heaven. It's somebody who has, like somebody who has the keys to the inner room, but doesn't have the keys to the outer room. But hey, Ayel, how's he going to get in? Okay, Machis Rabbi Yana, Rabbi Yana used to announce, Chaval delaitle darta, v'tar darta avid. Woe to somebody who has no uh, courtyard, and he makes a gate for the courtyard. So here's a guy who's studying Torah, but he has no Yerat Shamayim. So looking at it from different perspectives. God created the world so that people would fear him. They were sitting. He passed in front of them. One said to the other, We should stand up in front of him because he's a man who fears sin. The other fellow said, Let's stand up in front of him. The Gavar Bar Uryanu, he's a real Ben Torah, he's a knowledgeable man. So the question is, what's the reason to stand up in front of him? I said we should stand up in front of him because he's a man who fears sin. And you're telling me he's a knowledgeable fellow, that's not as significant. So, so who said which? It must be Rabbalazas, Rabbalazam Padat. Who praised the fact that he feared sin? The only thing God has in this world is your shemaim, meaning people's fearing him. What does God want from you except the yirat? meaning indeed, fear of God is wisdom, but the idea is shekain v'lashon yivani in Greek. Korin lachat hen hen is one in Greek. So Tistai must be Rabbi Lazar who praised the fear of God, and he must be the one who said that. Okay, the final drasha in this series, the Ashrav Ula, my dichtiv al tirsha harbei, don't be too sinful. That's strange. Harbei udalo lirsha, ham at lirsha, you shouldn't sin a lot, but you could sin a little. Elamisha chal shum v'rechono dev, yachzor v'yochal shum acher v'yechono dev, somebody who ate a little garlic and has bad breath, should he eat more garlic and have worse, worse breath? That's the, that's the point. In other words, don't think that just because you sinned, you're now lost and, uh, and everything else. So don't sin a lot. Rather, correct it. What does that mean? Not enough that the wicked are not afraid and upset because of their impending death. Their hearts are secure like a big hall. In other words, and therefore... There's all a drasha in the pasuk, of course, and therefore they not only uh, sin, but they're very confident about themselves. And the famous chapter about death in Tehillim, we read it at the Beit Avel. This is their way, it's a foolish way, meaning they know they're going to die. 
So now the kessel here is like fat. They have fat on there. I mean, they're insensitive to it. Maybe they forget about it. They talk about it. They know they're going to die. But they're insensitive to it. Okay, back in the Mishnah, we said that if you, uh, if you extinguish the flame, not because uh, there's somebody sick there or because you're afraid, but rather you're trying to spare the wick or spare the oil or spare the nair, you're chayav. And then Rabbi Yossi said, you're patur, except if you're trying to save the wick because you're making a call. It's a malachat suichaligufa. Rabbi Yossi commands So who does Rabbi Yossi hold like in the famous machloket between his two colleagues, Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon, about malachat sheinat suichaligufa? In all cases, he shouldn't disagree. Also, in the last case, he holds that Rabbi Yossi agrees with Rabbi Yehuda. Because of Rabbi Yossi, that extinguishing is like those malachot which are destructive, like tearing down a building, soter, and like mochek, erasing. And he must hold that any one of those malachot, you're only chayav for if you're doing it in order to reestablish it in its place. And since you're putting out this uh, this nair, not in order to be able to then relight the wick, but rather to spare the wick, that's not called soter. So Amalei Rasa, in other words, he says, but it's not a malacha at all. Amalei Rabba, so Rabba says to Ula, we learn all from the Mishkan. Taking down the Mishkan was uh, deconstructing in order to reconstruct elsewhere because they took it down, traveled, and put it up elsewhere. Since they traveled based on God's word and wherever God settled the cloud, they rebelled. It's like they're in one place, the place of God. Geographically, it may move through the desert, but it's one place. So therefore, Rabbi Yossi would have that limitation. That's one take. The reality is that Rabbi Yossi holds a Rabbi Shimon. And that's why he says you're exempt in all cases. So why are you chayab for the p'tilah? We're talking about a wick that needs to be pre-singed. Because there, when you light it, and then you put it out, you're actually fixing it. And therefore, it's a malachat sui chale gufa. And Rava says, I think Rabbi Yochanan is right, because the Rabbi Yossi's reason is stated in the Mishnah is, you're making a coal. And not because a coal is made. In other words, it's not the result that counts, but it's the intended result, and that is that you are making a proper wick now that you didn't have before by extinguishing it. And therefore, it is indeed a, a proper malachat, tzvichat legufa, shmamina. Okay, we'll pick it up with the next Mishnah in the next podcast and go into more interesting agadot. Uh, in the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.